Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Monday, March 21st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The NCAA tournament marches on, and so does Kansas. The top-seeded Jayhawks travel to Chicago and will meet number four seed Providence in the Midwest Region semifinals Friday. The winner will take on Miami or Iowa State with a trip to the Final Four at stake on Sunday. On today's show, beat writers Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore look at the rearview mirror and talk KU's second-round victory over Creighton, and we look ahead to the first-ever meeting between the Jayhawks and the Friars. We discuss what makes Providence a tricky opponent, even a lucky one, lucky in quotations, as Jesse tells us. Remy Martin continues his late-season surge, but All-America Ochai Abaji didn't shoot it well from the perimeter in the first two games. Is this something Kansas should worry about? Oh, and there is a reference to Stankum on the show. It happens around 13 minutes in, and longtime Kansas basketball fans will know about the reference. Okay, let's get started. Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore are with us. We're going to talk Kansas Jayhawks and the NCAA tournament. I think the big news to come out of KU's weekend in Fort Worth, Texas, is they improved their record to two and four in games played at Texas this year. So... Uh, I guess if you had to win two games in the state, they won the two that you had to win. Of course, they they beat Creighton 79-72 in the second round on on Saturday. Before we get into the Sweet 16 matchup against Providence, let's let's go back and look at that Creighton game and, and the big developments there. And um, we last time we talked, maybe uh, and maybe this will continue to be the way throughout our conversations in March. Uh, Kansas got off to a little bit of a sluggish start, and then Remy Martin comes in, and and he uh, Remy Martin's the game. Uh, he uh, uh, had a re- real big impact. Gary, what? Why is Remy Martin so effective these days with with, with the Jayhawks? Well, he's fast. He's uh, quick. He's carefree. Um, can't proved that he was the loosest of the Jayhawks, but, you know, I think it's safe to say without him, they wouldn't have advanced out of the first and second rounds. So uh, he really looks fresh. He looks healthy. He was one of the few Jayhawks to uh, shoot well over the two games. Um, Not many got over 50% shooting, including Ochai. Um, but I just think he's, he's playing really well off, off the bench and during crunch time, he was in there. So as self says, he, the guys he trusts are in at the end and Remy Martin is, uh, one of the reasons they beat Creighton at the end there. He smiles a lot, which is kind of fun. Um, and he looks back at the bench a lot, looking for instruction. It seems to me, he's always trying to get some, especially on defense. He's, he's looking for. Uh, Bill or one of the assistant coaches to to help him out there. Um, if if Remy doesn't come up big, Jesse, did the Jayhawks win that game? Probably. Um, yeah, I mean he was their best player, but I think the biggest thing that he did for them was he just made it so that Bill Self didn't have to figure out if Dewan Harris could beat that matchup. You know, um, it's an easier solution to put in a guy who is not afraid to shoot and can shoot from the perimeter than it is to have Dewan Harris basically be not guarded and see if he can get a downhill drive, get to the rim, shoot a floater, 
throw it up for a lob or find a teammate then for an open three-pointer. Bill Self didn't have to go down that route. And okay, you probably would have figured it out over time, but uh, this is sort of the nice option that you have when you can go out and get a Remy Martin is that a guy like that off your bench, uh, you know, talk to Greg McDermott after the game and uh, the Creighton coach. And he said that that strategy, they were going to do against Dewan. They were going to try the first possession. He had just talked himself into it before the game. They were going to try it the first possession against Remy to see how it went. Remy stepped up and made a three. And, uh, you know, that was kind of taking Creighton out of exactly what it wanted to do. So, um, but like I said, Kansas has good players. They probably would have figured it out in the end, but uh, it probably made things a little bit less scary in that first half because Bill Self found a matchup that he could go to and make it so that Creighton could not just completely play to an advantage where they were trying to put a lot of pressure on Dewan Harris to make shots. Okay. You didn't have to do that. Bill self could put Dewan on the bench and leave Remy out there. And because of that, you know, okay, you ended up winning in the end. Now Remy was amazing, was efficient, all those sorts of things still took some questionable shots in the second half. And I'm, I'm sure some of those bill self hope is hoping that uh, he'll rein in a little bit, but uh, the fact of the matter is what Gary said. I think he's sort of the perfect man at the perfect moment for Kansas because he's not nervous, he's not scared, and he's not playing with the types of butterflies and nerves that basically every other Jayhawk had played with in the Creighton game. So that's a really big positive for Kansas in a game that obviously would have been a big disappointment to lose. The full Remy Martin experience on display at <laughs> Dickey's Arena this week, last weekend. I know you captured it in a – um, in a story, Jesse, um, when Remy knocked down his first three-pointer, Ryan Hawkins, great defender, looked over at McDermott and said, um, okay, what are we going to do? Is this, is this how we're going to play? And I thought that was, that was really interesting in, in a key moment because you're right. They decided not to give the, whoever was playing point guard for Kansas that kind of space. That was, that was sort of the end of that strategy. So, um, what uh, Creighton stayed in this game longer than I expected them to. It was a, it was a gutsy effort, especially with the, you know, the, the big seven footer Cockrenner out with the knee injury. And, um, and, and Creighton has had to make some adjust, had to make some investments on the fly. I think it's going to be a terrific team next year, by the way, assuming everybody comes back, but, uh, but, but Kansas prevails at the end. They make all the plays. I, this was a, I think Kansas played like a championship team down the stretch. They, they, they made the plays. Creighton didn't. Um, the, the steal or the, the Aaron throw that Ochai picked up and took it in for a dunk when Creighton had the ball down one was, was, it was a huge play. So uh, the, the Jayhawks, like I said, prevailed, and they move on to play the Providence Friars in Chicago this week. Um, but one, one other thing about, about the Creighton game that struck me was – this was a team that doesn't shoot three pointers well. And here they are coming out, just letting it fly and knocking them down, multiple players doing it. And it reminded me of the way Kansas has exited previous, NCAA, you know, recent NCAA tournaments. Um, so I looked it up and wrote them down against um, Southern Cal last year. The Trojans were 11 for 18 on threes. Uh, two years earlier, Auburn went 13 for 30. In the, in the national semifinals in 2018, Villanova went 18 for 40. And, and then I went back even a year earlier in 2017, Oregon went 11 for 25. So mm -hmm. those are just, you know, 
Kansas falls victim in, in the NCAA tournament to these hot shooting teams. I, I did not look up their season averages, but I imagine they were all above – the opponents were all above their season averages in those games, and certainly the volume was uh, really hurt the Jayhawks. So it kind of looked that way with Creighton, didn't it? I mean, they, they come out firing. It's not a great three-point shooting team. They end up making 12 for the game. I, don't, I can't remember how many they had in the first half, but Kansas ended up leading at halftime with, with Creighton making all those threes. I wonder, Gary, if it just reminded you of, you know, of, of the way others have reigned on the Jayhawks over the years. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think they made eight the first half, the Blue Jays, and uh, you were just saying, you know, the, these teams get hot. I know uh, early in the game I thought – I was looking up the uh, amount of threes and the record number of threes hit against KU because it looked like Creighton would be one of those teams to uh, match Villanova's 18 makes. Uh, Iowa State made 18 once. Somebody else made 18. So I was thinking about it. Definitely, um, especially Kaluma was – firing them in and just kind of crazy how uh, Jesse would know way more whose fault it was or if nobody's fault. But uh, once again, the opponent hit a lot of threes. Creighton was 12 of 28. And cooled off to get to 28. I mean, they, they were. Yeah. Uh, hey, before we put away the Remy Martin talk, though, I wanted to get Jesse, your thoughts on, uh, is is the Remy Martin Malik Newman's comma twenty eighteen comparison valid? Um, I mean that's what it's going to go to. I think uh, the thing for Kansas fans is that Malik averaged what like twelve or thirteen points a game for that season before that, so it wasn't like Malik Newman dropped onto the roster and and nobody knew what he was. I mean he was a starter the whole season. Uh, but then took over down the stretch and obviously went nutso in the tournament and nicknamed Mr. March appropriately and still kind of seen as that around here. This one seems a little bit different to me. I mean, Remy was kind of like that in that he was the preseason Big 12 player of the year, voted on by coaches, but KU didn't really know what they were getting with him down the stretch. So that, that's what's a little bit different. And it wasn't like he was averaging 12, 13 points a game coming into uh, – the tournament he wasn't you know he's a bench player and sometimes spot minutes sometimes not very minute, many minutes at all but as far as a guy who you know has the potential to go off in the tournament and surprise and be a guy that could potentially lift you to a final four or a national championship game then Remy is that type of guy and, and Bill Self's talked about it uh, after the Creighton game and, and even before the Creighton game where from a coach's standpoint what you like about Remy is that sometimes things are going to be tough in the tournament sometimes the defense is going to lock you down the crowd's going wild. You got nothing going. And in those moments, it's really nice to have a player who can go make a play. And to be completely honest with you, Blair, like last year, KU didn't have that guy. I mean, they had David McCormick when he got the ball, you know, was taking on a big load. Ochai Baji was still in his secondary sort of role offensively. Christian Brown was not the two-point threat that he is this year. So they, you know, when things got bad against USC, they just had nobody they could turn to. And so KU has lots of guys they can turn to this year and now potentially Remy. I mean, he can just kind of start from a standstill, drive to the lane, draw two guys, and from there either take a tough mid-range jumper or pass it to somebody else. So it's a really nice weapon to have, and I think the most important thing is he's healthy. Um, 
he looks healthier, quicker, faster than anybody else out there. And I'm counting KU guys too. So uh, to kind of get this shot in the arm at the time that Kansas really needs it, it could definitely be a big deal here down the stretch, especially if he continues to bring that sort of life and energy that he did the first two games of the NCAA tournament. No doubt about it. Um, hey, we're going to take our break early so we can spend more time discussing the, the Friday matchup against Providence, but we'll leave this segment on this note. I, because I look things up a lot. Um, yeah. So the three years, uh, Kansas is in the Sweet 16 for the first time in three years. Now, there were only two NCAA tournaments in that time. Um, you know, the, the, in 2020, of course, Kansas was ranked first and in the nation, and uh, everything got shut down because of the pandemic. But they lost in the second round in 2019 to Auburn, and as we said last year, to Southern Cal. But from a just from a time period, it was the longest drought between Sweet 16s since in the Bill Self era. And you got to go back to uh, Roy Williams, his final few years, where uh, after after they got to the Sweet 16 in 1997, they didn't get there in 98, 99, or 2000. And Gary, I know you'll remember this. I'm sure you were covering the game that when they got to the Sweet 16 in 2001, Roy Williams brought a, like a, a stuffed monkey to the. Uh, <laughs> to the press conference and he put it on his shoulder and he got, so he spotted away. So he said, I got the monkey off my back. Now I got to the sweet 16. Stank him. <laughs> yeah. Stank him was the monkey's name. There you go. <laughs> I remember just shaking my head thinking, Oh, well now we know what our story is today. Uh, Roy Williams bringing the monkey in. I just, I won't name names cause it's really funny, but I remember some media members are really upset. They didn't want to write about that, but, uh, you know, got to take the gift when it comes to you. And Roy brought the monkey <laughs> to get the monkey off the team's back. But you're right. There have been stretches in KU history where, you know, they're in a little trend of downward. And uh, had they been eliminated in the uh, first or second game, like you said, all of a sudden, that starts becoming a little narrative again, even though there was that COVID year that screwed it all up for everybody. Who knows how they would have done that year, but that year did not exist. And KU again uh, avoided some negative talk by getting it done. Stank him. I had forgotten about that. <laughs> I think that was Billy Thomas, right? Billy named him <laughs> and all that. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk the uh, Providence matchup. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. 
your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with beat writers Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell. They cover the Kansas Jayhawks, and they will follow them to Chicago, where KU is in the Midwest Regional Semifinals, the Sweet 16. They take on Providence in the game. That's the first game of the night in that building. It, uh, it'll be followed by a, uh, a 10 versus 11 matchup. Miami of Florida take on Iowa State in the second game. So it's top-seeded KU against number four Providence. Uh, Jesse, I got to ask you, what does Ken Palm mean when he says Providence is the luckiest team in college basketball? Yeah, I think this is what's going to be a big talking point this week um, and maybe what luck is and what luck isn't. So uh, Ken Palm has a luck stat and people cite it a lot. And I think sometimes it's misinterpreted what it actually is. But what Providence does is it has won a lot of close games. Basically every close game it's been in, it has won. And so this luck stat that, that Ken Palm has is basically the difference between what you would expect a team's record to be based off of their underlying numbers and what their actual record is. So Providence over the course of the season, if you've watched them or followed them, I think they're 27 and five, but the games that they win, they win close against sometimes not great teams. The games that they lose, they get killed. Uh, And they, I mean, it's, it's bad. Like they'll lose by 20, 30 points and they'll just completely get run out of the gym. So over the course of the last two decades, since we've been tracking these stats, there really has not been a team where like Providence, there's kind of been a discrepancy between what their resume is and the quality victories that they have and what the underlying numbers say and the type of team that they are or how good they are, or if we're ranking them in a best type of ranking. So um, again, I, I, it's tough because we throw around the word luck and that is probably not the most accurate term because are there times when Providence deserves credit for doing things at the end of games to win them? Yes. Do they get credit for winning all those games? Absolutely. And this is the same sort of thing Bill Self has faced in the past where sometimes Kansas wins close games too. And, and some of that is coaching, some of that is player uh, led, all those sorts of things. The problem is, and you saw this last night, uh, Arizona versus TCU. The best way to win close games is to not play them because sometimes when you play a close game, you get a bad call. The ball bounces a weird way that, you know, KU versus Texas earlier this year, uh, a dude banks in a three against you when he misses it by six feet. So you don't want to be in those situations. So if you are an actual coach, you want to look at these underlying numbers and say, how can we get better offensively because my team's struggling here? How can we get better defensively because my team's struggling here? You don't want to just look at your resume. You want to look at, hey, how can we lift the entire team up to a level where they can compete? And, and that's what you're seeing with the Vegas line here, Blair. Providence has been ranked in the top 10, top 15 most of the year. They're a seven and a half point underdog against Kansas. So the implied odds are somewhere between 75 and 78% that Kansas is going to win this game. It's not what you'd expect from two top 15 teams, but again, uh, what when we're looking at these numbers and looking at the course of a season, what they would tell us and what history would tell us is 
a team that wins this many close games is not as good as its record appears. So that's the bottom line scoop with Providence. Does it mean that the Friars can't win? Absolutely not. But again, you'd have to flip a coin twice. You'd have to get it right twice in a row. That's kind of the odds that Providence has to win this game. And that's why Kansas has to love its path toward a final four, because this is a lower quality team that's facing right now than it typically would to try to get to the elite eight. So what is it Providence does that allows it to win close games? Is it a great free throw shooting team? Is it, um, they, they didn't have a first team all Big East member. They had two, two on the second team. I'm, I'm trying to get a, just get a little handle on what Providence does so well that got them to 27 victories this year, got them to their first Sweet 16 in, what, 25 years, and, um, and does it because they, they do win all these close games. One thing I do remember, I don't know how much of the, the – um, you guys were able to watch Providence and Richmond. Providence plays some pretty good defense. They held Richmond to one for 22 beyond the arc. And, and of course this, you know, their free throw defense was pretty good in this game too. Richmond was eight for 21 at the free throw line season, low opponent totals for Providence this year. So yeah, What's what is this team? What's the characteristic of this team, Gary? Do you know much about these the Friars? I know they're uh, old. Six of their seven leading players are seniors, and um, like you just said about defense, I haven't watched them much, but in their notes and everything, they were touting the fact that uh, the fifty-seven points allowed against South Dakota was the fewest they've ever allowed in an NCAA tournament game. They bested that in the second round, allowing 51. So I don't know, you know, from the eye test yet or anything, but they they talk about their defense a little bit. And uh, and I know everybody loves their coach, Ed Cooley, apparently one of the great guys in the business. <laughs> so Blair, I'll say it. I mean – some of that's luck, man. I mean, like one for 22, three point shooting. Yeah. The studies have shown over time, the best way to defend three pointers is to keep them from happening. You know what I mean? So if you allowed 22, more, more than one should go in against you. And we talk about how they made the sweet 16. Um, they took care of business, but yeah, getting South Dakota state and Richmond, that's good. That's, I mean, that's what you want. That's what, that's like Kansas in the bracket. I mean, you, you can only face who you, who's in front of you, but you know, Providence has hung around the fifties and the Ken Palm, you know, I think they're up to 33 now, but to face the 80th ranked team and the 87th ranked team in the first two rounds, I mean, they found two teams they would be favored over when basically every other place in the bracket, they wouldn't have found that same sort of matchup. So, uh, you know, experience can matter. Coaching can matter. Confidence in those situations can matter, but you know, to, to bring this full circle, if you go back, 2016 Kansas is a team that uh, we wrote the same thing on. They're so good in close games. They win close games. This is how they execute. This is how they perform, all those sorts of things. And what happened to that team? They got to the Elite Eight. They faced Villanova, eventual national champ, and they lost a close game. Because guess what happened? Devontae Graham dove for a loose ball, took a dude's legs out. He fouled out, and something outside of Kansas' control went against them in a close game. So, again, this none of this is to say that Providence is a horrible team or that they 
didn't deserve their resume or they didn't deserve their seed. It's, it's just to say that, um, you know, they are a two decade outlier. That, that, that's what they are. I mean, that, that there's a reason that we haven't seen anything like this, at least statistically in a really long time. So if they can keep that magic going, obviously nobody will complain. They make the final four and everybody in the world calls them lucky, but um, yeah, one for 22 from three, that's good fortune facing these two teams. They face that's good fortune um, winning this many games as a close, you know, in close games, you know, we can point pinpoint a few things, but a lot of that's just going to be back to good fortune. So um, yeah, we'll see if it, if the luck can go on and if the, the Friars can continue this sort of thing. But um, statistically, I would rather be on the Jayhawks side here because uh, they have proven to be the better team over the course of this season. Two points to make on that, Jesse, in, in, in that 2016 instance, when Devontae Graham picked up that foul, I was the pool reporter that had to go get a quote from I forgot who the official was that made the call because it was a controversial call at the time. Um, and the other thing about Providence and, and its defense specifically, you know, in their first win over South Dakota State, the you know that team came into the into the tournament as the nation's best three point shooting team. And I want to say they were. So, let me say, let's let's not want to say. Let's see if we can nail it down. Seven. Um, Seven for 23, 30%. So obviously Providence, you know, they play defense. And it's a physical league, the Big East, as we all know. You're, you're right, Jesse. They, they, they were smacked around. Uh, by, they lost twice to Villanova. Creighton smacked them around in the Big East tournament. Uh, but they, during the regular season, they beat Texas Tech and they beat Wisconsin. So two, three seeds in the, um, you know, in, in the, um, during the regular season. And they were – um, regular season Big East champs. So it's, it's been a terrific year for the Providence Friars. And, um, and I, I think the, one of the narratives we'll hear this week is, you know, Providence, uh, they know all the KU players because KU's on TV all the time and, you know, blah, 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 and Providence isn't. I imagine we'll, we'll hear a bit of that. Although Providence does have a bit of, you know, some hoop history of its own, final four appearances and, you know, in, in 87, when Rick Pitino was the coach, and in 1973, when Marvin Barnes and Ernie DiGregorio were the, and Kevin Stakem were the star players, all played in the NBA for, for Providence. All right, so, Jesse, let me ask you this. Um, Kansas also plays in the physical league. The Big 12 was a pretty good defensive league this year. We just saw what Texas you know, Texas Tech did to outmuscle, uh, to muscle its way into the Sweet 16. We saw what Iowa did to Iowa State did to Wisconsin in another defensive battle. Um, can the fact that there, I think there have been some years with Kansas where they just weren't the, the, the more physical team in the NCAA tournament and that cost them. Um, I don't think this team lacks the physicality and can stand up to anybody that plays a physical brand of basketball. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. They're not going to back down and that they might be smaller, but they're scrappy. And even you have guys like Christian Brown, he's not going to back down. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to be the, the bad boy on the block. And Jalen Wilson has rebounded above his size. And we obviously know David McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot, you know, sometimes gets technicals for dunks that he has. Um, so, you know, that, that's the sort of thing that I don't think that Kansas really needs to worry about in that regard uh, going into one of these games. But we'll see. You're right. I mean, if you're looking Providence offensively, kind of the stats that the Friars have been good at has been sort of those tryhard stats, you know, and I consider this tryhard stats 
offensive rebounding and getting to the free throw line. And uh, it's kind of what you, you don't normally see with uh, TCU or what's what you see with West Virginia. Um, those coaches that kind of have that hard hat, men, hard hat mentality and you might not always be the most skilled, but they try really hard. Uh, that's kind of what you see statistically from Providence. So we'll see how this plays out for Kansas. Um, again, I, I, I think to me still the biggest concern for Kansas is Kansas which is they just look so tight. They look so nervous. They look, and and that's not going to go away when they're facing two more teams that they're going to be heavy favorites over. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird to me, like uh, going back to 2012, you know, KU kind of had those tightness. And then it felt like when they played North Carolina in the elite eight, it kind of all went away because they, they weren't expected to do anything anymore. You know what I mean? They, they weren't expected to be the team there. And then they went out and played free and great. And they won that game going away. Uh, Kansas just isn't going to get that game. And again, you would prefer this path because we saw against Creighton, you mentioned the threes, Blair. Kansas was an 11 and a half point favorite against Creighton and they needed a lot of that cushion because they didn't play that well. You know what I mean? And because Creighton did make threes. So KU has some cushion against Providence they, and they'll have some cushion against either uh, Miami or Iowa State if it makes it that far too. But they got to get out of, their, out of their own heads too and play a little bit more freely than they did because uh, when you squeeze the basketball that tight and play that tight, it's really difficult to make shots. It's really difficult to function offensively. It's really difficult to play with the free flowing nature that this offense is best at when everybody is, just looks so tense out there. Like every play is, is for the Super Bowl. So um, we'll see if Kansas can kind of play a little bit more free. And if that happens, then I, I do love their odds to get the final four. Any concern about Abaji's shooting touch right now? Not Hey, Blair, I'm writing about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm filing a story. It, it's just uh, got some of his stats added up of late, and he went 5 of 14 in both games. Um, but, uh, no, in, in my mind, no, because uh, he was still player the or, uh, MOP of the Big 12 tournament and didn't shoot, shoot great. He did score better there, but uh, everybody – on the team is so confident in him. And I kind of believe him when he says that the guys tell him to keep shooting and he has no problem continuing to shoot. Maybe some of them are ill-advised, but when some guy asked Bill or uh, Ochai about his shooting in the post game, Bill self, he said, I apologize, but he interrupted and pointed out that some of Ochai's buckets in the second half were pretty big and uh, some of them were, if you look through the play-by-play. So I I don't know. Maybe it is a big concern, but the team talks like it isn't, and I, I tend to believe them right now. I think it goes back to the previous point, Blair, because I think if you picked one Kansas player who has the weight of the world on his shoulders, it's Ochai. And we've seen him when he's played with that weight at home against Texas on senior night. And that was his worst game. I mean, and then we've seen him with that weight against Texas Southern against Creighton. It's been two of his worst games. So I'm not worried about Ochai Abaji shooting. Like he can shoot the basketball. He's been one of the best in the country at that. I'm worried about his mindset. I'm worried about the pressure. I'm worried about whether he is overthinking this whole thing and, and just putting the whole weight of the world on his shoulders. If you can get by that, then again, I love him to bounce back. But can he get by that? Because their sample size is starting to get bigger in these big type moments that he is just carrying almost too much. Yeah, from a you know from a points standpoint, you know, Remy had 35 in the two you know uh, wins in the first two rounds. Uh, those are 35 point you know 
give Dwan Harris those, you know, he, he's not going to score that. Uh, those that, those point totals had to come from somewhere else, and they came out of Ochai's, you know, Hall and and, and Brown's Hall and McCormick. So, um, yeah, I uh, it, it would it would be a good sign to see. Abaji knocked down his first couple of threes on on Friday night. Um, I think it, he'll, he'll breathe. He would breathe a sigh of relief, and, and so would Kansas fans. So, uh, but uh, unlike other unanimous or consensus All Americans, his team is still playing, and um, good for Kansas, good for Abaji, and um, and guys. I really enjoyed the conversation as always, and we will talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC staff of producer Monty Davis, along with Jeff Rosen and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore for sharing their college hoops expertise. Hey, you hear me talking about it all the time, and I will again. The Stars Morning Sports Edition. It comes with your digital subscription, and it's 56 pages today. The NCAA tournaments, NFL free agency, spring training, the weekend in golf, tennis, and auto racing. It's all covered in great detail here. Really, you should check it out. We'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC. Thanks for listening.